This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. As they greet each other, we welcome you that are watching on the internet. Praise the Lord. We're glad that you're coming in here to join us. And uh, we know you're going to be blessed by the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to be with you. Hallelujah. You guys happy to be in church? You know, I always, uh, you know, kind of point out, you know, are you are you expecting something today? Hallelujah. You know, it's 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 amazing how. The utterance is affected by the hearer. What I mean by that? Well, what comes out is affected by the hunger of those present. You know, if those present are not hungry, well, then there's not going to be a whole lot of unction from the Holy One. And we'll have a dry service. We're not going to have one of those. Because that would be a waste of our time, wouldn't it? You know, we have, we, we, since we're here, we might as well use it wisely and expect something from heaven. Hallelujah. Because he's promised, promised us that if we're two or three are gathered in my name... What happens? There he is in the midst of us. Hallelujah. And, and where Jesus is, you know, uh, uh, things happen. You know, he sets people free. You know how God anointed Jesus of, Jesus, of Nazareth, and he, Jesus of Nazareth. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Hallelujah. So, you know, there's still people that need some good. Hallelujah. And there's still people that are oppressed. Hallelujah. And he's still setting people free. And he's going to set people free here tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about being a vessel of honor tonight. Hallelujah. How about that? How many of you want to be one of those? Hallelujah. One of those that God can use. Hallelujah. For his purposes. Glory be to God. I was just uh, listening to a a camp meeting uh, by Brother Hagin from 1997. Praise the Lord. That's a long time ago. For some of you, it's like, that's not that long ago. For some of you, it's like, was I even born then? Well, uh, I think most of you were looking around. Maybe not all. (laughs) But yeah, I think so. Praise the Lord. But he was was talking about, you know, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. And he was talking about, you know, the spirit of seeing and knowing. And that's just one, one thing that the Holy Spirit does. He, he can show you things to come. He can, give you, he can give you knowledge or he can give you wisdom of things, you know, uh, uh, that are coming. You know, things that you don't know anything about. And, but he was pointing out that all of these things, they start off small. You know, he, God will probably not use you to raise somebody for, off from a deathbed until you, you have learned to be obedient in maybe giving your tithes. <laughs> like, why did he have to go there? It just came out of me. I'm sorry. It's, but, I mean, it's just, you know, being obedient to what the Lord impresses on you to do. So if he impresses on you, maybe you should go over to your new neighbor and, and bring them some cookies or something. You know, he will, he, will, he, will, he will use you step by step. And Brother Hagen, he was using this, these two uh, 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 stories. You know, he told stories all the time, you know, to, to, to explain what he, was, what, he, what, what he was trying to get across. And he was, he was telling about a couple of times where the Lord impressed on him, you know, there was a preacher that came in and he didn't have any meetings and, and you're to give him $12.50. Well, now that doesn't sound too big, but, you know, back in the, in the 30s and 40s, that was quite a bit of money. And he says that was like a, a, a week's wage. And so now, you know, that might be like, well, you know, I want you to give that person $1,500. Well, that'll make you make sure it's the Lord. <laughs> you sure, first, you sure you got the right guy? 
Second is this, I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> you know, and so, so but he said, so, so he finally he said, he, he, he invited the guy in to preach, and he said, I didn't hear a word of what he was saying. He sat through the whole sermon because he was arguing with the Lord about these $12.50, but he ended up giving it to him. In another instance, it was, it was $10, you know, and this was right before Christmas, and he hadn't bought his, his wife a Christmas present. You know, how many of you husbands know that's a pretty, pretty important thing? You know, to have something, you know, so you can give her something for Christmas. <laughs> and so, so he hadn't done that yet, and, and that was all he had. And well, that was all God asked for. <laughs> so anyhow, you know, and so he, he finally did. And then a while after that, there was a, a, a woman that was laying on her deathbed. And so he said they were there, and they, they, they'd been praying for her, and, and they'd been praying. He said, he said on the third day, say that with me, on the third day. How many of us give up before the third day? Hallelujah. It just kind of stuck out to me. It's just like, you know, he, stood, he stayed with it until something happened. And he said, so he, he said they were praying in this little room. And he said, you know, he said, the Lord said, go and stand at the foot of the bed. And he's reasoning. He said, well, what, what good is that going to do? You know, staying at the foot of the bed is not going to raise anybody, you know, up from a deathbed. And so it's just like he just kept on praying. He says, I got back into the spirit. Well, what does that mean? What it means you're more aware of spiritual things than your natural things. And that's when the Holy Ghost is able to talk to you. And so he said he was praying again. And he said, he said, go and stand at the foot of the bed. And so he's like, I think he didn't do it this time. But, he, you know, one more time did the same thing. You know, how many of you need, you know, maybe the Lord to tell you more than once? We've all been there, right? So don't, don't throw any stones. And so, uh, <laughs> and so, so he, he finally did, and he, he went and he stood, stood at the foot of the bed, and he said he's had his eyes open, you know, he says, he, you know, the Bible says to watch and pray. And so, you know, it says that, right? Watch and pray. Anyhow, and so he was standing there, and he was, he was just watching, and everybody in the room was just praying. And then he said he saw his wife get up. They were, they'd kneeled side by side at the head of the bed, and she got up, and she stood she came over to his side and she was praying in other tongues. And he said her tongues changed. You know, there's diverse verse of tongues, right? And so her tongues changed. And he said, as they did, he said, I couldn't understand everything she said. And now what she said, he said, go and stand at the head of the bed and rebuke that spirit of, of whatever it was, you know, to come out, you know, rebuke, tell it to come out. And he's, he's like, all right. So he went over, he said, I stood at the head of the bed, and he rebuked the thing, and it came out, and the woman raced out from a deathbed. He said she was sitting in the, later that afternoon in the backyard with him eating watermelon. Well, that's pretty awesome. You know, but, but he said that the Lord told him afterwards, he said, if you hadn't been obedient in those two first instances, he says, I couldn't have used you here. And so that is, is being trained to being led by the Spirit of God. And part of being a vessel of honor is that we, we, we learn how to listen when God speaks. Hallelujah. And he will speak to you in your inner man. Hallelujah. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, he says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows who are his and let everyone who names the name of, the, of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared, prepared for every good work. Hallelujah. So, you know, in your house, <clears throat> you have different vessels, right? You know, I have two bowls from my dog. I don't eat from those bowls. 
I wouldn't count those bowls as vessels of honor. Well, I mean, she's thankful for them because it keeps her food in one spot and water. You know, it's a lot easier to have it in a bowl than have it on the floor. And so anyhow, but they are vessels, right? And then I have some other vessels that I use, you know, would use if people came over, you know, for we actually have some nice china that my, my mother gave and, and dad gave us for our wedding that we haven't used yet. Mom, if, you list, if you're watching, I'm sorry. But it's, <laughs> but it's really nice. You know, and that stuff that I don't use for my dog, those are vessels for honor. You know, for, for if I wanted to honor somebody, you know, of great importance that came to my house, I might have dug those out. I don't know, but I could have. You know, those would be vessels for honor. And so, you know, the Lord says, you know, as far as us is concerned, you know, we can, we have something to do with being a vessel of honor or not. Praise the Lord. You know, we need, to, we need to know these things so that we can want do something about that. Hallelujah. And I was thinking about, <clears throat> actually, let me read this in the ESV as well, English Standard Version. It says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I was just, you know, I was just, you know, this, I actually preached part of this message before. And one thing that I, I brought out that time, and I want to bring it out now too, is that, you know, we all have a TV in our house, don't we? Do you know that there's some stuff on there sometimes that are not honorable? And there's probably some stuff that we should not let our eyes watch. You know, we're supposed to guard our hearts, right? The Bible tells us that in Proverbs chapter 4. Guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Hallelujah. God speaks to us through our hearts. And it's just like, it's, it's, for instance, it's the same thing about, you know, like homosexuality and all these things, you know. You know, it, it started little by little. And people, well, it's just, you know, they would have a, a, some person like that on a, on a show, and it was one of our favorite shows, so we just, con we just continued to watch it because, well, we know better, but they're just there. And so little by little it creeps in, and then, you know, what one generation, you know, allows the next generation will embrace. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And so then we get used to these things, and it's not honorable. And it's not right, but we kind of let it in, and if we're not careful, we will harden our hearts. And we don't want to be that way, do we? No, I'm not saying that everything on TV is, 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 is not good, but I think that we need to be aware of it and not just watch whatever comes through. And so we, we guard our hearts. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, sometimes, because I, I really saw this when I, when I had, you know, when I had Lily, because there's some stuff now that I don't want to watch because I don't want her to be exposed to it. Well, should I be watching it? If I don't want to expose her to it, why would I expose myself to it? And it would be like, you know, some, some you know, I would watch like Mission Impossible or something like that, you know. But, you know, people get beat up and shot and all this. Maybe it's not okay. You know, I'm not saying that you, I'm not saying what you can do, but I'm saying I'm starting to kind of evaluate some of these. Whoa, that was loud. Evaluate some, don't spit in the mic. Anyhow, evaluate some of those things so that I can have a heart that is, is clear. 
Because what I'm seeing is that I am very dependent on hearing from heaven. If I want to accomplish what God has called me to do, then I need to hear. I need to hear what he says. Hallelujah. And he needs to be at the forefront of everything that I do. You know, one thing that probably would help is that we would remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit is always in us. <laughs> so he's watching what you're watching. Oh. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going to back off of that. Praise the Lord. But you get the point, don't you? Hallelujah. And I have found in my walk with the Lord that one of the most important things for me to be able to walk out his plan for my life is to obey. Because if I will obey him, then he is more than able to do the rest. What is the diff? Because he can supply power and grace and anointing, ability. All that's not a problem for him, but he can obey for you. So if we will obey him, then he's got something to work with. And if you read your Bible, you see that he a lot of times uses people that don't have such a great start. Hallelujah. You know, Paul, who wrote, you know, over half the New Testament, he was killing Christians. Well, most of us probably haven't done that yet. And you never will. And so, but he said, the grace of the Lord was, was, was abundant towards me. You know, so that other people could see what the grace of God can do for them. Because, hallelujah, there's abundant, abundance of grace available for you, hallelujah, if you would just obey. You know, with Paul, he had to stop him on the road to Damascus, you know. And, 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 <laughs> and Paul realized right away who was Lord. Who are you, Lord? That's the thing, when you meet Jesus, you know that he's Lord. Hallelujah. There's nobody beside him, nobody above him. He is Lord. Hallelujah. So if you want to hear, keep your heart clear. And, and I've, you know, been around the Word of Faith circles, you know, for I don't know how long, long enough to see some things. And I've seen that we need to, you know, we, we know a lot of times what belongs to us from the Word of God. And we know that we're supposed to be blessed. We're supposed to be able to walk in divine health and all these things. And, but it's, it's, we have to obey the Lord. We have to do what he tells us to do. And we have to not be disobedience, disobedient towards the word or the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because I've seen too much people that know, they know what belongs to us but they fail to attain it. So there's a disconnect somewhere. You hear me? There's a disconnect somewhere, and I think most of the time, it is because we are used to, especially in America, I'm going to do it my way. You know, I kind of like that because that, that feels good to my flesh. I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to do whatever. But what I have realized, that the anointing and the grace of God on my life is to do what He asked me to do. Not to just do whatever I want to do. And that's the same for every one of us. If we start to disobey him 
and not listen to the leadings of the Holy Ghost, we'll go, we're, we're going to find ourselves somewhere off of the path and in a place where we have hardened our hearts and then stuff don't work out as they ought to work out. And that's what I'm talking about today. Hallelujah. Because we want to walk in the blessing, don't we? Do you want to fulfill what God has called you to do? I do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I was, I was also, I was, I, was, I was listening to this, you know, as you can tell, this whole camp meeting from 1997 kind of hit me. Because they were talking about, you know, because, you know, Brother Hagen, he, used, he had Holy Ghost meetings, right? I don't know if some of you know that. If not, the Internet is full of it. You can go, and, you can go on YouTube and you can find those. But, but the Lord told him to. He told him to talk about faith in the mornings, and he would, you know, have a, he would let the Holy Spirit move in the, in the evenings. And so, you know, so he had, uh, there's, there's a, a church up in, in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and Mac Hammond is the, is the pastor up there, and, and he was sharing that, that Brother Hagin had been up there with them. And they were talking about, you know, the Lord showing you things, and you, you, you doing what he shows you, being obedient to what the Holy Spirit tells you. And so, so I was just listening to him share, and he was listening to Brother Hagin, and he said, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those services where, where the mic gets hot, and nobody's able to close the service. You know, they get the mic and they can't speak. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's just, you know, it's, it's something that happens. And he was just, he could see the mic was coming towards him. And he, he just, he, he, he didn't like that because he didn't want to be the only one who was not spiritual enough to not speak. He, wouldn't be, he didn't want to be the one who was able to close the meeting. Have you ever be, wanted to not be the one who's not the spiritual one in the room? I've been there. I'm like, no, don't, I like this, but don't get close to me because I might look stupid or something. But anyhow, so he, uh, <laughs> so the mic got to him and he had a flash before it got to him of himself mute preaching. So just preaching, but not a word come out. And so, so he did that and he said, as he, as he, as he yield, as he did what the Holy Ghost showed him, he said the Holy Ghost moved in the auditorium and blessed people. Well, you might not understand all, all, all the time what the Lord wants to do, but the main thing is to be obedient and he will do the rest. And that's a lot of times why people, you know, they, they, they draw away from some of these things because, you know, it might, might make him look stupid or something. And so he did, and then he asked Brother Hagin about it, and he said, you know, he said he saw himself do it, and then he, he did it, and, and then he said there was a blessing, you know, that came out of it, and, the Lord, and, and, and Brother Hagin was just like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. He says, would you like to elaborate a little bit about that? <laughs> he was a man of few words, if you don't know that. And so, and so he said, yeah, he says, it's the spirit of seeing and knowing. The Lord will show you something, and, he, and, 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 and when you do it, you know, the Holy Ghost will be able to move. And so, okay, so then they got further into the meeting. And then, and then he saw himself, this was Pastor Mac Hammond, and this is on YouTube, it's pretty funny, it's on YouTube as well. He saw himself... The, the, the pulpit was, was, was up on the left like this, and he saw himself dance on the pulpit. Well, how many of you think that would make you look funny? And it's totally out of character for him because he's very proper. He's a very proper individual. You know, he, he's not like, you know, somebody who would be wild. And so he's like, uh-uh. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. But then he reminded himself of he told the Lord that he would do whatever the Lord told him to do. And so he said, well, if you want me to do that, Lord, he says, you know, let Brother Hagen give me some kind of, you know, a sign or something. And he said, as soon as he thought that thought, Brother Hagen hit him on the shoulder and said, go. Well, now what do you do? 
And so, <clears throat> so he bent over, but it is a supernatural jump. He wouldn't be able to do that in his own strength. He jumps up on the pulpit. He dances on the pulpit. And then he gets off and he runs back to add some trees and some stuff back there. And he just went off into there. And the whole place erupted. And the Holy Ghost was able to do what he wanted to do and set people free. People get set free and they get healed. Why? Because somebody would, would yield to the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he was explaining this. And he also has a book about it called The Spirit of Seeing and Knowing. And he says, if you will not obey in church you probably will not obey outside the church and so it was a most a training session that the holy ghost set up for them to be able to learn how to yield to the spirit of god because we cannot do this in our own strength did you know that that you you, you can't heal anybody did you know that you know we just need to learn how to be obedient to the spirit of god and then he can do the rest. He just needs a vessel. A vessel that he can use. How many of you want to be a vessel? How many of you don't want to look stupid? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not saying, you know, that was kind of a, a, a radical, you know, illustration. But it was on that, on that you know, sermon or whatever. And so I, I just... I was just, you know, I was just listening. I was just like, yeah, that's right. And a lot of times we want to draw back from those things because it's outside of our character or, and you know, how many of you would, would draw away from maybe going over to your neighbor and praying for them? Might be outside of who you normally, yeah, some of you would, but some of you wouldn't. You know, it's because we're, you know, we're kind of holding back a little bit. But if we will be willing to do those things, God is going to be able to set people free. He's going to be able to get people healed. He's going to be able to get people saved. Did you know that the Holy Spirit, you know, he needs somebody to do it. You know, and we are the body of Christ in the earth. And there's some other things, and I think that we've been all, we have been uh, prompted to pray. I know pastor has been prompted to pray, and I know that he's not the only one. I've been prompted to pray, step up my prayer life in my own time. And I'm sure that there's more of you that have been prompted to step up your, your prayer time, your time with the Lord, because we are entering into a time, well, I think we've always been there, but now it's more evident to us because we can see it all around us. So the world is like, whoa, what's happening here? But the Lord has promised to take care of us. But for him to be able to take care of you, you're not going to be able to, you're going to have to be able to listen. It's like I told my, you know, my, my daughter, she says, Daddy, you will always take care of me, won't you? I said, yes, I will. And then sometimes if she doesn't obey, I, I take her back and I say, Honey, I cannot keep you safe unless you listen to me. Because if she would run into the road in front of a car, well, then I can't keep her safe. But if, I will, if she will listen to me, to what I instruct her, then... I'll be able to keep her safe. And it's the same with God. You know, he's not going to make you, but he is out to bless you. If you would just listen to what he says. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things where we miss it is that we don't listen because either because we've just gotten so conformed to this world that we don't spend time in the word, like I talked about last Wednesday, or we don't spend time in prayer. So we're dull of hearing. 
And so it's very difficult for the Lord to keep us safe or help us step into what He's called us to do because there is, an, there is a supply from heaven for each and every one of us. Because we're all called. Did you know that? It's not just for the preacher. Did you hear me? Every person that has been led into the kingdom of God, into the body of Christ, has a purpose. You have a purpose. Hallelujah. And there is an anointing and there is grace that is available to you to do just that. Because you're supposed to do it supernaturally. You're supposed to stand out. You're supposed to have the presence of God in you and have wisdom from heaven. And so <clears throat> I'm going through this, this service now from 1997. And Brother Hagin says, well, you know, sometimes, you know, he doesn't want to use just use me. He uses other people. And he said, who's got it? And so Brother Marty comes up. Don't you love Brother Marty? Yeah. Hallelujah. He, he is just obedient. Hallelujah. And he was talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want you to turn there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. There's supposed to be a release of the power of God in our midst so that people, people's faith is in God's power. Hallelujah. And not just in words of man's wisdom. And verse 6 says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I want to stop here a little bit. You will never be able to see the will of God for your life with these eyes right here. You will never be able to hear the will of God for your life with these ears right here. It's going to have to be revealed by the Spirit of God. If we don't take time to spend time with Him, we will fall short of the plan of God for our lives. And some have gotten to a place where you know there's more. You've gotten to a place where the Lord has has been wooing you. He says, come to me. Hallelujah. Spend time with me. Pray. Hallelujah. You know why? Because there's more. And he needs your attention to get it across to you. Because if we ignore, that's what I'm talking about, obeying. If we ignore the wooings of the Holy Spirit, well, then whose fault is it? It's our own fault that we don't see and we don't hear and we end up and some people have ended up being frustrated to the point that they leave the church or do something else 
because it doesn't seem like it's working. Well, the Lord has tried to get your attention for years. He loves you so very much. He loves the body. Hallelujah. And he tries to help us. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We've been given the Holy Spirit. Many of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. We're so-called spirit-filled believers. Well, for some of us, it's been a while. <laughs> Since we've been filled with the Spirit of God. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can heed the wooings of the Spirit of God and we can start to pray in the Holy Ghost. And He will start to reveal His plans and His purposes. Hallelujah. You know, for a Christian, and don't tell your kids that they can just be whatever they want to be. Well, they can, but they shouldn't. Our job is to find out what God has made us for. Because God has placed us in the body as He pleases. And when we find out what He has called us to do, when we're in our graced place, we will have fullness of joy. Hallelujah. And you will be fully equipped to do what He's called you to do because He put it in you. It is for us to find out. Well, how do you find out? You need to spend time with Him. Some of the greatest, or, or, or well, let's just read Ephesians chapter 2 first, and then I'll get to what I'm going to talk about. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Hallelujah. For we are his workmanship, or one translation says handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So he prepared it beforehand for you to walk in them. And so we have certain abilities that is evident when we're born and you can see a child, well, they're really talented here, you know. And then it's for us to, 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 to help them to find their place for themselves, hear the voice of the Holy Ghost and find their blessed place, so to speak. Because there's a lot of people that have used their talents in the wrong spot. And they end up maybe not living out their full life. And then there's others that have found their place and they live out their full lives and they're blessed. And their children are blessed. And their children's children are blessed. So it's for us to find out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> because, you know, and a lot of times we can have a view of what it should look like. You know, what should a perfect church look like? You know, it's like, 
you know, you can look outside of a, of a, of a puzzle box, you see, you see the picture. But then when you open it up, there's tons of pieces in there. And part of what you are supposed to do when you draw near to God, you spend time in His Word. You can fellowship with Him through His Word. Did you know that? You know, and He can speak to you. He can, he can highlight stuff, and He can speak to you through His Word. If you will honor it as Him speaking to you. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost and you, or, or just pray, you know, and, and you spend time with Him, He will show you your part. Your part of the puzzle. Because maybe... Part of why stuff is not working out is because your part of the puzzle is missing. Oh. But that's part of what we're going to do. We're going to find our place. Hallelujah. And if some of you wonder, well, what is about this, you know, being baptized in the Holy Ghost and stuff, you know, I've heard of that, or, or, or why is it so important? Well, go to Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> and I'll give you one very good reason. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. He's not done yet. Until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs. Being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, was it a suggestion? Was it if you feel like it, you might tear in Jerusalem? If not, just go somewhere else and have a sandwich. No? He commanded them. He said, do not leave Jerusalem until. So do you think it's important? There's several aspects of this why it's important. And it's, because, it's important because you will be endued with power to be a witness for the Lord. Second of all, there is the sign of speaking in other tongues. Well, the speaking in other tongues part is to help you pray out the plan of God for your life and release power in your life. In 1 Corinthians, I'm jumping now, hold on here. Uh, yes, okay, let me do that. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In verse 1 it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he speaks in a tongue, does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Hallelujah. It is one way for you to speak to the Father without your head getting in the way. The Holy Spirit helps you to pray out the perfect plan of God for your life. It helps you to pray out stuff for other people. He might, help, he might use you to pray for somebody halfway across the world that is in trouble. Because the Holy Spirit is not limited to anything. But it is the way for you to pray out His plan for your life. And further down, in verse 4 it says, But he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. 
You charge yourself up. You strengthen yourself. Yes, I know faith comes by the word of God. But there is a part here where you pray in tongues that you edify and you strengthen and you, and you get emboldened. One thing, one characteristic that you see on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is boldness. You see, Peter, he was drawing back. You know, he, he denied the Lord three times, didn't he? But on the day of Pentecost, let's read that, Acts chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm running around here. I'm just going to get in my Bible. <clears throat> I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. Praise the Lord. But in Acts chapter 2, this is so important. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is why they waited. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues <laughs> as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise the Lord. This is what they were waiting for, the promise of the Spirit. Jesus said in John 16, verse 7, He said, It's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away, I cannot send Him. But if I go away, He can come. Hallelujah. It is, it is better for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit than to have Jesus here amongst us on the earth. Well, that ought to get our attention, but a lot of times we forget, even though we once were baptized in the Holy Spirit and He sat on us, hallelujah. Some of you were completely changed the day you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you know, there is a, there's a continual infilling that is supposed to happen. Because we're supposed to walk in the fullness of the Spirit every day. Not just during the Faith Life Conference. We don't have to wait for a conference. We don't have to wait for a youth camp. You know what that does for us though? We get immersed in the, in the Word and then so, so we get to, to focus on the things of God and, and get the world out of the way. But we're supposed to not be conformed to this world. We're supposed to be different. And that's why the, that's why the Spirit of God is drawing people back in. He says you need to fill up. You need me, hallelujah, in the midst of your house. And there are things that you won't even know that God has called you to do unless you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you keep on praying in the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. And he gets to reveal to you because it's by the Spirit. You can't do this thing in your own strength. What happens is you will get frustrated and you will even get tempted to talk against the Bible because it doesn't seem like it works. I'm going to tell you, it works. But it's the Spirit of God that gives life to this thing. Without the Spirit of God, there's no life. That's why He's wooing you. He says, come back to where you once used to walk. Hallelujah. 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 We're supposed to walk in power. We're actually supposed to be in a place where the world comes to us with their problems. Because we have the power and the insight from the Holy Spirit 
to know how to handle situations. And you will be different and you'll be blessed in the midst of a famine. Because you learned how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because God, there's no doubt, His Word says, I want you blessed. I want you healed. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It is the will of the Father and any good father wants their kids to be blessed and healthy and whole. But we have to listen. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, he's coming back for a glorious church. Did you know that? We are the glorious church. Some of us have just forgotten in whom we believed. We're going to turn this area upside down for Jesus. It's going to happen by the Spirit of Almighty God. And you're going to be so blessed that you're going to look back and say, like, how did this happen? I don't even know how this happened. And your kinfolk's going to look at you, well, I know it wasn't you. Because you're not that smart. But I know somebody who is. I know somebody who knows everything. You know, John chapter 16 talks a little bit about what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. He's even supposed to show you things to come. Well, how convenient can that be? To know what lies ahead that nobody else knows. To know about issues at your work that you oversee before they even show up and have the solution. How helpful would that be? Very much so, I would say. We're supposed to know stuff that the world doesn't know. Because we're supposed to do it in a way that is evident that you're a child of God. And it'll draw people to the Father. Because one thing is for sure, if you're blessed and you seem to be happy and carefree in the midst of it, full of joy, and people are going to wonder, it's like, what is wrong with you or what is right with you? Because nobody else seems to be happy around here. And it seems, to, it seems like everybody else's business is going down and yours is going, well, what's, what's going on here? And then, what a wonderful time to tell them about Jesus. And he will do it for them as well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus good? Ha, ha, ha. He made sure you came to church tonight so you could hear this. Whoo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's another good one. You know, Paul, he met Timothy in Lystra, Derby, somewhere around there. I think it was in the beginning of his second missionary journey. And, and he kind of stood out to him and he, 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 he had him travel with him. And, you know, he was, he was mentoring this, 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 this young man, and, and he became, I think, the pastor in, at the Church of Ephesus. Or something. I don't know exactly all that stuff, but he was, he was mentoring him, and, and I really liked those, those two books or two letters he wrote to him. And so we're going <clears> to <throat> jump in here in 1 Timothy chapter 4 first. And what he's, um, he's talking to Timothy about for Timothy to be a success. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 4, I'm going to start in verse 13. He says, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. He says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. 
Do not neglect the gift that is in you. If you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, don't neglect the gift that is in you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There's a reason why that gift is in you. He says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Hallelujah. Those principles are the same for all of us. Did you know that? Not just for a minister of the gospel. We all need to be in the Word and see who God has made us. And we need to spend time in His presence, praising the Lord, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So we can be reminded of who we are and charged up. You know, because, you know, like Lily again, she's got this little, you know, she's got this, actually, this, this Mercedes. She's got good taste. Anyhow, she's got this Mercedes little charge shop car, you know. <clears throat> and sometimes I have to push her up the hill. Well, you know why? It's because it's not charged up. You know, and so I've neglected to charge the thing, and so now I'm having to push it. You know, but if you will not neglect the gift that is in you and get charged up, guess what? When you meet a problem, you'll be charged up. You'll be ready to, to take the hill. Hallelujah. You don't need anybody to push you. You've got the Holy Ghost in you, and you know it. And you just climb that thing and it's not a problem at all. It's almost like it wasn't even a hill. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy. Next, next uh, uh, letter. And chapter 1. Hallelujah. Chapter 1. And I'm going to start in verse, verse 3. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. As my forefathers, forefathers did. As without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Isn't it nice to have a friend like Paul? Hallelujah. Praying for you night and day. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which, first was, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lewis, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. So he said, stir up the gift that is in you. What's going to happen when you start to stir up the gift that is in you? That that spirit of power and the spirit of love and the spirit of a sound, clear, quick, sharp mind is going to rise up. Hallelujah. And there will be no room for fear. Because the word that you have heard now, it becomes alive to you, hallelujah, and you know that I'm full of the Holy Ghost, and I'm full of power, and I'm actually seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, in a place of authority, hallelujah, so the devil cannot mess with me with fear. There's a reason why he's saying these things, stir up the gift, do not neglect the gift, Hallelujah. If we will start spending time with the Lord, when we will start to pray in the Holy Ghost, we're going to be charged up and we're going to get more and more in tune with the Spirit of God. You know, Brother Hagin, he said, he said, praying in tongues is the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit. Well, if you want to be used by God, tongues and interpretation, prophecy, gifts of healing, special faith, working of miracles, you know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, all these things, start praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And you will start to access these things because it's all by the Spirit of God as He wills. But we need to be in a place where we hear clearly. 
You hear me? It's supposed to be part of our everyday. It's supposed to be not for a few. Brother Hagen, he, was, he had to point that out because a lot of people looked at him on a pedestal and was like, well, you're the man of God. Yes, he was the man of God, but it's for every man and woman in Christ. God gave it to believers, not just to a few. But we made the mistake of just pointing out a few. Well, he was one who was obedient. He was one who spent time praying in the Holy Ghost when the Lord impressed on him to do so. He said once, he said, I was praying in the Holy Ghost for five hours and 45 minutes, and he says, I hit a gusher. Well, how many of you have prayed five hours and 45 minutes lately? I haven't. But he hit a gusher, and the Lord told him about the healing room, what is going to come in 1947. And was still about 1958 or something like that. Well, the things of the Spirit is available to every believer. Did you know that? Because we have all been given access into the very presence of God by the blood of Jesus. So there's there's the same access that all these men and women of God that you have ever read about in the Bible or heard about, same access is yours. Some people take advantage of it and some people don't. That's the only difference. Because we're all supposed to live a supernatural life. Oh my goodness, there's so much for us. And that's why the Holy Spirit is impressing on, on us to spend time with Him. I'm going to start closing. Might be my first close of three or four, I don't know yet. It's... and so I'm going to do Acts chapter 12 for now verse 1 now about the time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass him from the church then he killed James the brother of John with the sword has there been some harassment of the church in the last year and a half oh yeah there has been yeah Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and because he saw that he pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer, people, was offered to to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping. Bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and the light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. He says, Basically, get dressed. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. So we can see that there came an angel to let Peter out of prison. Well, what if the church hadn't prayed? What if the church hadn't prayed? Would Peter have walked out the fullness of his ministry, you think? He probably would have been beheaded if the church hadn't prayed. 
So you think prayer is important? I believe it is. I just took out, stuck out to me the other day. I was reading Philippians. And I'm going to just read this one, one verse for you. Philippians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Here we are. Chapter 1 and verse 19. You know, Paul is in prison. And he says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Well, there's a supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ when we pray. When we pray. Well, if we think, well, things are not happening, well, have we been praying? Things seem to be stagnant in my life. Well, have you been praying? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a reason why pastor is saying, you know, we need to pray. We need to pray. There are things that God is going to do through our church, and we need to make this, the, the, this, this supply available for what the Lord wants us to do because he has amazing plans for us, all of us. We got to pray. Let's do one more since it's only 8.01. In the next chapter of Acts, let's keep it simple here. He says, now that in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, beginning with Barnabas, ending with Saul, because I don't know how to pronounce all the others. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. And this was, you know, Paul and Barnabas being sent out on Paul's first missionary journey. Well, there's going to be the same for us. There's going to be some stuff that we will never be sent out or commissioned to do unless we spend time in the presence of the Lord. Because, you know, when you're sent out on an assignment for the Lord, it is by the, it's the Holy Spirit that sends you. You don't choose to send yourself. He sends you. But when you know that God has sent you, you will stand firm. There will be opposition. You can just read, you know, Acts and you can read about Paul and you saw that there was opposition. Remember when he was, you know, they tried to go into Asia and the Holy Spirit didn't permit them to go in there in Acts chapter 16. You know, and I'm going to have to turn wind it down. It's going to be a second close. And so he says in 16 and verse 6, that when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. 16 verse 7, and after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Hallelujah. They tried to go into Asia, and they were not allowed to go in there. If you go further down to Acts chapter, what is it, 19, you said that Paul stayed in Ephesus for a long time, preaching in the school of Tyrannus, and he said the Word of God went through all of Asia. So at one point, it was not okay to go into Asia. And then later on, the word went into Asia. So, I mean, there's timings. And there is, there's times and there's seasons for different things that God wants us to do. And we need to hear his voice to be on time and do the right thing. Anyhow, we're going to have to close this. But praise the Lord. You see why I'm kind of, you know, impressed to talk about these things? Because there's great grace available to all of us to do what God has called us to do. Jesus said, my, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Because there is a grace and an empowerment from heaven 
to do what God has called you to do. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Hallelujah. We thank you so much, Father God, for your word. We thank you, Father, that you've given us your very own spirit, Father. Hallelujah. And as we, as we yield to you, Father, hallelujah, as we spend time, hallelujah, in your word, as we spend time communing with you, Father, as we spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, Father, you will reveal plans, purposes, Hallelujah. Your plans and your purposes for us individually, Father God, so that we can walk out your plan and your purposes, hallelujah, in the power of your spirit, Father God, and intercepting, hallelujah, provision that is already there, I'm telling you. There are people in here that want to get married, or maybe you're watching on TV, hallelujah, or, or, or on YouTube and Facebook or whatever, and, and the Lord has already made provision for you, hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. He's already made provision for you, for all of the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. So if you will just spend time with him and pray in the Holy Ghost, you will intercept his provision for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you find yourself so happy and so fulfilled and in a place that you wouldn't even believe it. Hallelujah. If you didn't see it in a mirror. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Plans and purposes. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. There are things that the Lord has told you in the past. Glory. He's told you in the past. And he got away from you. Hallelujah. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. He doesn't change his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's just waiting for you. He says, come back. Hallelujah. To where you missed it. Come back and I will continue to lead and guide you into the blessed place that I have for you because I love you so very much. Hallelujah. It is never too late to turn to the living God. It is never too late. Hallelujah. Because the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Cleanses us from all unrighteousness when we turn to Jesus and we ask God to forgive us. Hallelujah. And that's the same for you if you're watching on TV. Hallelujah. And you haven't given your life to the Lord yet. Now today is the day. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost has been speaking to you time and time and time again. And today you should heed his voice. Hallelujah. Because he has a great life for you. He has a great plan for your life. He has great purpose. You might not have purpose now, but he has purpose for you. The plans that he prepared for you before you were even born. And the Holy Ghost is moving on you today to say, yes, Lord Jesus. I will give my life to you and I will follow you all the days of my life. Hallelujah. So why don't you just repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus. I know you're real. I know you died for me. And I know you rose again from the grave to purchase my salvation. And today I repent. I turn to you. And I give you my life to do whatever you want to do with it. And today I call you Lord and Savior and because of that I am now saved and my name is written in the Lamb's book of life 
Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I would just encourage you. Hallelujah. You could, you could call us at 712-482-3455. They might have some information for you there on the, on the screen. If not, just call us and we will send you some literature. Or if you live close, come and, and get plugged into this church. If you live far away, get plugged into a good church that preaches the Word of God so that you can, you can be around people that believe the same way you do because you need them around you. Hallelujah. And have a blessed evening. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight?